Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's rock and roll here. Here's the deal. I've titled this episode Domestic Enemies because, again, as we know, there are endless government agencies and sheriff's departments, city councils, judges, and you name it, that exist everywhere, of course, where we all live, and these individuals typically don't listen to reason, and they typically have no idea what's going on. And I hate to reference this yet again, but specifically when you, when you bring in the element of the jabs, but more importantly, the entire Great Awakening that's taking place right now regarding, regarding, frankly, endless movements, whether they be political, otherwise, depopulation, you name it. Most of these individuals within these positions where they could actually end this in the blink of an eye have no idea what's going on. They're completely brainwashed, and we know this. We also know that many of them are Masons. They may not be 33-degree Masons, and they may not be individuals, again, that have any idea what's happening, because even lower-level Masons typically don't know what the hell is going on. But either way, we as citizens of this country have a right and a responsibility to stand up against tyranny wherever it exists, and we have a right and a responsibility to stand up for those who know that it exists but feels like, well, they feel like they don't have a voice. I have numerous examples of that in this episode, including some audio to play. It's also a bit of a review episode because many of these stories that I've brought up in the past, I said I was going to bring some audio to you, and well, now I have it because these events have now come and gone uh, as, of, as of late, and it's, it's, it's timely. And now is the time to bring this up because now I have the audio because, again, these things just occurred. But first, I want to start with this. And again, I do have education-related things, uh, two in particular, two very quick sort of rundowns on a couple of stories, a bunch of jab-related things, and I will get to the Karen Kingston video also. I'll reference this a couple of times. If you haven't seen the video yet of Karen King- Kingston, she's apparently in Mexico, and she's talked about how she's been poisoned. This is not good. And in her 39-minute long video, which was sent to me by a listener, and thank you for sending it, I put it on my... Um, BitChute channel and my Rumble channel, you can go over there and check it out. She calls them all out. She calls out RFK Jr., Robert Malone, Mickey Willis, the whole freedom movement and all these assholes. And if you recall, again, I'm not patting myself on the back here. I've just said time and time again that you can't trust these people. I trust Karen Kingston. She's gone down the rabbit hole. She has the experience. She has the expertise. She's the one trying to weaponize us against the enemy as much as humanly possible. She's provided the documentation and a number of other things, which I'll get to much later. But um, yeah, so here's where I want to start. I want to start off with this email that was sent to me very quickly by a listener of the show. And they were talking about Tyson, the food company. And I'll just read their email to you. And uh, here's what they said. They said, "Just just wanted to let you know that Tyson will be closing four more plants by the second quarter of next year. Dexter, Virginia, uh, Corydon, Indiana, North Little Rock, Arkansas, and Knoll, Missouri. They say this is all under the guise of building more efficient plants in the future. Let me know uh, if I'll let you know if HR swallows handfuls of these stupid pills and pushes the flu shot this fall also. They also sent me this. Um, It was a message from Tyson themselves, and they said, Hello, Tyson Fleet. 
This morning, our company announced the closure of four poultry facilities, Little Rock, Knoll, Corydon, and Dexter. Uh, they said that this will not result in driver job loss. Our company and our poultry group particularly is going through some changes as we continue to build new, modern, more efficient facilities. It's not uncommon to see some of the outdated and less efficient operations to close. We do not have much information on these closures yet, but we will communicate that information as it becomes available. Again, your job is critical to the success of our company, and so on and so on. So I basically, again, just asked whether or not this was going to be, you know, whether or not individuals were going to lose their jobs. Uh, and, and they said, yeah. They said a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. They closed or are in the process of closing the Van Buren AR plant, Arkansas plant. And I've not heard of any groundbreaking for new facilities in NWA. Tyson may just acquire more competitor competitors' plants that are not, or I'm sorry, that are up to snuff and efficient. It's been done before. So yeah, there you go. I wanted to bring that to your attention again. They of course stated that uh, some of those plants are much smaller and pretty old, and then they also said that they don't really know the true answer as to why they're doing it. But Tyson top stockholders are Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. And there you go. So food shortage, possibly. Again, what are they going to do with those buildings? Who's to say? Uh, they're schemers, as we all know. They're just schemers. I'm not sure what else I can add to that, but I do know that it ties in directly to local issues because, again, any of these individuals and these landowners, whether they be companies, the cities, or the towns where they exist, they all scheme without letting the citizens in the area know, and then, of course, they always let the employees know last. This shouldn't shock anybody, but this is one of the things that does occur. That leads me now to a local issue here, which I've brought up in the past briefly and read a few things from in the past, but I want to refresh your memory. This individual's name, again, is Tate Prouse. He lives here in town. Um, he's helped me, again, go against the school board regarding one of their, well, their last levy issue, and I put up a sign in his yard, and you may recall that whole story. Um, took the sign out of his yard, put it in another yard eventually. Anyway, levy didn't pass. Great. Uh, with that said, he had the entire city, or certainly members of city council, police department, whatever, harassing him on his own property because he was suing the city for measures that they made regarding an ordinance that they passed, which essentially stated that back during the old COVID mask wearing, fake pandemic, stuff like that, that you couldn't have a certain number of people within your home or else you could be fined up to like $500 or whatever it was, something along those lines. Well, he just got done giving oral arguments to a judge regarding his case. And I listened to it, and it was fantastic. He spoke for approximately 20 to 30 minutes, and then the defense for the city council spoke. And then he claims that uh, it'll probably take the judge maybe 30 days, month, maybe a little bit more to make a decision on all of this. The overarching point, and again, I'll leave the episode to him because he'll be on the show eventually, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But he'll be on the show to describe the entire thing. You'll hear the tyranny. And you'll hear the bullying and the intimidation, and again, the simple fact that a city threatens to fine private citizens for gathering with family members within their own home back when they were doing that, 
and this can't be the only place where they were doing that. The larger point is, is that the judge and the city council, the judge who heard Tate's oral arguments and the city council have no idea that the entire thing was a lie, that all of this was a lie. They're making motions on something that does not exist. There is no pandemic. There never was. There's a pandemic of the vaccinated. We know this. This is a fact. I have more facts to bring that to your attention, of course, shortly in this episode, but it's astounding. I mean, it's, it's, it's the twilight zone. It's, it's like inception. It's a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. And, and you have no idea how far down the dream hole you actually are. And these judges and these, these police officers have no flippin' idea. They don't have a clue. So, again, Tate will be on the show in the future. Look out for that one because his story is, is awful. It's absolutely awful. It is one of, again, total tyranny and, uh, and intimidation on the part of the city in order to harass him regarding the, the level of grass on his land when, it, when that's not really why they were coming after him. They were coming after him to intimidate him because he was suing the city for these illegal measures that they were making, which of course made national news regarding Miami University that there was a sick kid living in a rental house with his other roommates as they were all Miami students. And then there were other students in the house who were also sick. The police showed up because somebody drove by and saw that there were students on a porch, all talking on a sunny day, having a conversation. And then they reported it to the police. And then they fined these students. And then the university, of course, went out of their way to then discipline these students. And then the university got sued and so on and so forth. I mean, you cannot tell people that they can't congregate on private property. It's beyond tyranny. It's Bolshevism. And that's tyrannical, as we know. But hopefully the judge has his head on straight regarding that basic issue, that under no circumstance can a city council make such a ruling, or, or the threat of a ruling. That's ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous. It's, of course, unconstitutional, as I just said, and, and Tate knows it, and anybody with a brain in their skull knows it. So there you go. Okay, now there's this other local issue, and I have some audio to play. You may recall last week or so, I brought up the story of a mobile home park in town that is on the other side of train tracks on the other side of my parents' house. And there's a park there for the residents of the mobile home. Again, I understand you don't live here, and this may not matter to you, but I'm telling you, as I brought up previously, this is a much larger picture as to what city councils are doing within the towns and cities where they, where, where they operate. They're always seeking to take land that they either own, that is specifically appropriated for a very speci specific reason, excuse me, or they're looking to just snatch up land and use it for quote-unquote affordable housing so that they can put up homeless and illegal aliens. And again, if you're incapable of making that leap, that that's what city councils are doing, they'll tell you it's for the elderly and for the occasional homeless person. No, 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 no. No, it's for illegal aliens. And it's for homeless that they bring from outside of town into your town. That's what all of this is really about. But there are dummies who don't want to admit that or don't know that. 
or they, you know, they, again, they're, they're not awake and they don't want to think beyond their own palm in front of their face. So my dad specifically, Dr. Douglas Brooks, received, of course, the, uh, the, the warning letter or the letter of notice from the city saying that they were going to vote or have a, have a committee hearing on the, um, on the reappropriation of the land, either making it into, into commercial property or at the very least eventually turning it into um, affordable housing, as they like to say. So he was the one who took that letter of notice over to every single mobile home owner and walked the streets and talked with the people who live there. Allegedly, only two of the five individuals who sit on this particular zoning committee or planning committee, one of which is made up of uh, one city council member, one current city council member by the name of Jason Bracken, who I've brought up before. This guy's queerer than a $3 bill. He's a football bat. He's a walking football bat. And this guy, and, and, uh, and one of the other ma- members is the former mayor of the town. I mean, some of these people just can't let the positions go. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. But of the five members, only two of them had allegedly walked the property to see what was over there. Now, longer story short, when the land was given to the city and gifted to the city, it was gifted under the premise and under the legal obligation that it remain a park. And that if the city does anything to it regarding any renovation, that they just improve it with, again, playground equipment or something along those lines. But that's about it. So long story short is this. My dad went and spoke, as did members of the mobile home park. It was beyond evident that the vast majority, certainly if not all of them, I'm sure the two people who raised their hands were lying, but they they essentially had no idea that the individuals who live next to this park use the park. Now, I want that to sink in with everybody because that's the level of stupidity among these people who hold these positions in elected offices and on all of these committees. They don't know that people who live next to a park use that park for things. And as one of the individuals who, who spoke at the meeting said, yeah, they use it. They live there and they use it. They use it for picnics. They use it for sporting events. They use it for weddings, graduation parties, family reunions, get-togethers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you put up a stack-and-play illegal alien construct right on that property or anything else, you eliminate their usage of that park. Again, this is happening all over the United States, the reappropriation of land for illegal aliens. I'm just cutting to the chase. It's for illegals. It might start off as being, uh, you know, Bert and Ethel who, uh, who, who are, you know, very old and need a place to live. And that's fine, except you don't get to steal land that you don't get to steal. And in particular from people that are already using it, including children, I might add. I mean, these, these committee members, again, they don't have kids. They don't have children. So that's a, you know, that's a common comment that some people will make. They'll come up to these committees, which are usually made up of people who are gay, oddly enough, and they'll say, well, you all have kids, don't you? No. As it turns out, they don't. And as it turns out, most of the people who sit on city councils hate children. They can't stand them. They don't think about children or children's safety. These are the same people who are trying to groom children. Anyway, I digress. So I want to play my dad's comments because, again, 
you know, you got to use your tongue as a sword. And he does. And he, and he walked in there and he had a, he had a two or three page speech and he just, he threw it out the window and he basically said, F it. I'm just going to lean into you dummies because you have no idea what you're doing. So a couple of people spoke before him and then he gets up. I'm going to preface this very quickly. When he gets out of his chair, he immediately yells out, throw up the map, put up, put the map back up of the properties because he wants to be able to reference it to show everybody in the room where everybody lives. And they had the map up earlier when one of the city planners was showing everybody what was proposed in XYZ. This Jason Bracken guy on the committee, who let's face it, he's at least triple jabbed and isn't going to be around very long. He, he interrupts my dad as only he can. Keep in mind, this is also the guy who colluded with people to vandalize the street in front of my parents' house back in June of 2020 with all their Black Lives Matter, you're a racist bullshit. Okay. Anyway, with that said, Jason Bracken interrupts my dad and he goes, you don't get to just tell us what to do. You don't get to tell us to put up the map. And then my dad looks at him and goes, please, please. Now, I would have said something else to Jason Bracken, like the fact that he has AIDS, but either way, uh, I'm going to play my dad's comments, and you'll hear the tongue lashing in particular at the end, because again, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't get hot and you don't get mad at these people, they'll never understand what they're doing, and you can make these bullies cower in an instant. You want to see a Bolshevik just implode on themselves? This is exactly how it's done. So here's my dad in three, two, one. I'm sorry, if you please, could press, if you please put it up. It shows that. Uh, it, and, and you're Mr. Brooks? I'm Mr. Brooks. I'm still, in, I still live on Country Club Drive there. Okay. There we go. We're getting there. My house is the second one in from the end of Country Club Drive. That white thing you see there is my swimming pool. I received on August. Uh, Seventh, the city accepted. Let's see. My understanding is that on August seventh, ninety-seven, the city of Oxford accepted uh, this four point six acres uh, from the from the owner of the mobile home park specifically for public recreation and leisure activities. Uh, I've ta- I've been to the park. I've walked the park. I've walked every street in the park. I've talked with people throughout the park. I've been on Ray on Ray Way. I've talked to everybody on Ray Way. Nobody wants this. Nobody. You're going to be putting something there. Nobody wants the Country Club Lane Peak Drive. Don't people don't want this? There has to be another place to put this. Having said that, the, how many of you have walked the streets of the Mobile Home Park lately? Two. Two. That's good. Oh, come on. Okay, good. You know the differences. You know what's been going on over there. You know the change that's taken place over there. Those, those, there's terrible places have been torn out. Nice homes have been put in there. They still have. Uh, David, David can speak to this specifically. Ninety new units. Right. They've got empty spaces over there. David, how many empty spaces? Uh. 
him of course and well done by the way after him there were two older individuals again both veterans who lived there and they basically were saying the exact same thing they said again do you use that park do you live there no you don't we're not coming to where you live and taking the land that you live next to because you like it and if you had a park where you live you would use it and the people around you would use it i mean it's beyond common sense but the, again these people have none they have no common sense. They've lost their minds. They're only interested in forwarding a hard left-wing Bolshevik agenda, which means bringing in illegal aliens into your town in an effort to destroy it. Now, of course, this is where all the name-calling comes forth. Oh, you're a xenophobe. You're this. You're that. No, 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 no. I don't like illegal aliens. Very simple. I don't like illegal aliens, just like they wouldn't like us if we were in their country. They would hate us. What are you doing here, white man? They couldn't stand that. Hell, they'd kill us. Did you not hear the recent story of the white gal who went to Haiti thinking that she could do some good and she went there with her daughter and oops, they both got kidnapped. Weird. Strange. Then they got released somehow. They're lucky they didn't get their heads cut off and raped to death. But again, you know, xenophobe. <laughs> I mean, come on. Name-calling? These people, again, they have no idea what they're doing. They go home, they turn on Fox News, CNN. They, z they zonk out in front of the TV. They aren't reading, they aren't thinking, they're not talking to people. This is the problem. This is going to continue to be the problem. Um, I do, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to play more audio from this. This is the guy who followed my dad who lives on the property. Give him a listen. Hey, Cameron. 84, Michelle Drive. I work for the Mobile Park. I got a question for all you guys. Why didn't we get any literature on this? Do you think we're neighbors and we need something? That's public comment, sir. We won't respond. It's not no, a public conversation. Dr. Brooks? Please be quiet or you're welcome to visit the hallway. Uh, another thing is, too, is you guys are going to need a way in and a way out. And it's not going to be through our property. So you better make sure you got your ducks in the road, because mine are. I love it. Again, the guy works the property. He maintains, he maintains the park. He maintains the area. I love it. 
I absolutely love it. Again, they didn't even tell one of the one of the managers that uh, that this was happening. This city council again, secrecy. It's all secrecy. We'll tell four or five people tops, but we won't tell the people who live there what we have planned. We'll just steal it. We'll just do it. We'll reappropriate it. We'll vote on reappropriating it, and then they think that they'll get away with it. It's it's beautiful. I mean, these people are are dumber than a bag of forks. But the citizens who know what's really going on, again, they they have it all figured out. I'm going to play one more guy's comments here. I'm going to skip the next guy because he's related to the people who actually gifted the land. Uh, You know, pretty basic speech, rather weak. But I'd rather hear from the people who actually live here, not this guy. Um, But this next audio that I have, again, this guy lives here. Listen to what he says. And I live close to the Mary Day Park. Actually, almost on it. I've been there since 2011, and me and my wife, we have seen a lot of children come there and play. We've seen a lot of graduation parties. We've seen reunions. We've just seen people just gather there just to play football, horseshoes, whatever. And like, again, we've been there for a pretty good spell. And I want to ask you guys something. If you're, you all live in Oxford, right? Okay. You live in these subdivisions, correct? You guys live in subdivision or anything? You live in any little community like like we do in the park? Let's say if that community, that people demand, develop that community, put a little green space in for your children to play. Well, you didn't have to worry about them running two or three miles off to go play. And then somebody wants to come in and take this donated land for the green space and make it into a revenue for the city. I just can't comprehend this. How is this how is this about? You know, Mr. I never met Mr. Day. I heard he was a a good man, a compassionate man, done a lot for the city of Oxford, from what I gathered. And then you want to bring in this low income housing. It just don't make sense, you know? How would you people feel if your little green space for your kids was being yanked out for a low income and they didn't care where they put it? You know, you may have a $100,000 home. What's the difference between my little $30,000 double wide? There's no difference. You know, Miami said no to it. And we in the trailer park say no. You know, it ain't right. You know, kids got to go somewhere and play. They can't walk two miles to the playground. So that's all I got to say. Thank, Thank you, you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your comments. These people, uh, I'll tell you what, city council members are the worst. I think it was Dr. Thomas Sowell in the, in the book, Inside American Education. I've referenced it numerous times, but he specifically said the kinds of people who sit on committees and want to sit on committees only want more committees because they as individuals and a collective are useless. They're useless. They have nothing to offer. So the committee gives them, psychologically, some rationalization to exist. They need to sit on committees because it gives them purpose. It gives them something. That's why you have the old mayor of the town still sitting on this particular committee. It's absurd. Let me cut to the end. They ended up making, of course, their votes, and here's how it went down. They went around the, they went around the horn, 
And all five of them essentially said that they need to make a motion. They, they Jason Bracken wanted to make a motion to table it, which basically he just kept saying, well, there, there might be more options. Maybe there, there's more options and we have other options as to what we can do and blah, blah, blah. Keeping in mind that there was one old gal in the crowd who came up and she actually speaks twice and she was advocating for the complete destruction of the park. She wanted it gone. She wanted the low-income housing to be there. I mean, this woman is out to lunch. She has no idea what the hell she's doing. She doesn't even live there. Again, <laughs> this, is, this is the plight of the Bolshevik. This is it in a nutshell. Oh, you don't live there? Too bad. Uh, you know, I don't live there. It doesn't matter if I don't live there. I want to change it. I want to change what's next to your property. Yes, I may not even live in town, but... Uh, you know, I, I want to change what you have and what you like. I want you to be as miserable as I am. That is the is the definition of a Bolshevik and of a Marxist. They want everybody to be as dumb and miserable as they are. So she spoke twice, and she sounded like a complete buffoon. And then they went to they went for their vote, and they decided to make a motion to table it. The motion didn't even pass, and Jason Bracken was the only one who wanted to table it, which meant that they would just ignore it for now and then revisit it when people weren't as pissed off as they are. So that didn't pass, so Jason Bracken lost. And then they made a motion to just dismiss the entire thing and dismiss the whole issue, and they made two of those, and Bracken was the only one to vote no. Everybody else said, yes, we're doing away with this, it's it's done. This issue is put to rest. We're leaving it the way that it was, and everybody can go back home and go back in peace. Keeping in mind, almost everybody who sits on the board is still a leftist, but all of them voted in favor of the people who actually live there. It was like a snake filled with common sense came up and bit all of them right in the leg for just a brief second, except for Jason Bracken, because, well, let's face it, he has enough venom in his in his bloodstream regarding all the covid jabs he's taken he, he he doesn't know which way is up and he can't see straight my dad later told me and this is funny he said Sean he said it took every ounce of energy i had to not yell from the back which of course he did and they threatened to throw him out which you just heard but uh he said i wanted to yell at bracken that he's not going to be around much longer <laughs> You're not even going to be here in two years, or whatever he said, or wanted to say. It's, it's classic. It's just classic. So, ladies and gentlemen, my point is this. This is what is going on across our country. They're looking to take land that isn't theirs and reappropriate it for homeless and illegal aliens that don't just live in your current town, but are from out of town, and again, illegal alien means out of the country. This is already happening. And if you're listening to this and you don't know what's, that it's already happening, you're paying attention to the wrong things. You know, put down the football games on Sunday. Pay attention to what's going on around you. This is, this is the war. This is the battlefield. That's what this is. So there's that. Okay. I want to preface this by saying this. I'll bring up Karen Kingston here and, and, and what has happened with Karen Kingston um, right now, and then I'll bring it up later. Karen Kingston has been poisoned. 
and she doesn't look well. And like I said earlier, the video is on my BitChute and my uh, Rumble channel. Please check that out. She describes it in detail as to her conversation. She calls out a lot of people, Robert Malone, Mickey Willis, RFK Jr., and the whole freedom movement, quote-unquote. And they basically told her, she says specifically that Mickey Willis told her um, that if she doesn't back off from from publishing the documents she's publishing about how this is a bioweapon, specifically designed by our own government, and that Robert Malone has ties to all of this, then, well, Karen Kingston isn't allowed in their club. That they'd love to bring Karen Kingston into their club, but because Karen isn't playing their game, they, they can't allow her in. Mickey Willis said this. So says Karen Kingston. Karen Kingston is not a liar. I've never, I've listened to endless interviews of her over the years. Not a liar. Her substack is massive. Her documentation is undeniable, which leads me to this. She has put out, not that long ago, it was maybe a couple of months ago, she put out a document, which I have on my website under the government documents tab, that is a letter to give your sheriff's departments and the sheriff's deputies, and the majors, and the individuals that work within the sheriff's department. It's exquisite. It's referenced. There's nothing but fact in it that this is without a doubt, by definition, a biological weapon, and that it breaks state code regarding the use or manufacture or dispersion of a biological weapon. It breaks Ohio code as well, which I tweaked the document for myself, and changed it uh, and changed it myself to apply to Ohio because, as I'm talking to you right now, it's been 24 hours since I left a message with the sheriff's department and the sheriff's department's office, in particular the sheriff's office. And uh, and I'm going to play that audio as to what I said over again the answering machine. And they claim they'll get back to you, but as we know, they won't. So. I'm making these small intentional inroads because the next move I make, if I don't hear back from them in another 24 hours, is I'm going to dial 911. And I'm going to talk again for the second time with the sheriff's department to get these jabs gone and to have them investigate, which we know they won't, because they all need to be confiscated, which again is what Karen Kingston has said numerous times over the course of years. And she says in her own documentation. So, Here's the audio of me leaving the message for Sheriff Richard Jones in Butler County, Ohio, in 3, 2, 1. If you wish to leave a message for Sheriff Jones, Chief Dwyer, Major Kraft, or Pam Straub, please do so unprompted. We will return the call during office hours of Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Thank you. Record your message after the tone. When you've finished, you can hang up or press 1 for more options. Sheriff Jones or anyone at the Butler County Sheriff's Department, my name is Dr. Sean Brooks. I'm a resident of Butler County, and I'm calling to inquire as to whether or not you have investigated the presence and damage of these COVID-19 vaccinations, as they are called. I have evidence that you need to have in your possession that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that these are a biological weapon certainly by Ohio Revised Code's definition. More specifically, I'm talking about Ohio Revised Code 
2909.28, which is the illegal assembly or possession of chemicals or substances for manufacture of prohibited weapons. I have an email address. Myself and a colleague who is a nurse attempted to work with your department, and it was pushed immediately to a county prosecutor where he, of course, ignored it. And he himself has taken these shots and is remarkably sick as a result, but did not make the mental connection. My recommendation is you get a hold of me so that I can move this information to you so that you can cease all distribution of COVID-19 vaccinations in Butler County. Thank you for your time. I, I edited out the part of about my email address and uh, and phone number for rather obvious reasons, but I left them both with them. They have both of them. Again, you would think that a sheriff's department would want to get a hold of this. You would think that they would care that there's a biological weapon by definition being distributed and has been distributed since 2020 to the residents of their county. This proof is out there. Again, these people don't read. They don't watch. They don't listen. They just do their job. Well, we're just doing our job. You know, we've got other things on our plate and all these other horseshit excuses we have. You're just going to have to deal with it. No. No. This is a globalist biological weapon and it's killing the people who take it. And as I said in the message, including that prosecutor that I had a phone call with. And you heard his excuse because I played it on the show. I told you what it was. Well, it's a good thing I took them because, you know, the, the, that COVID could have been a whole lot worse had I not taken both shots. But yeah, I'm, I might not get another one, but I'm glad I took those two. Well, that's good. Good for you. These are the people that we are relying on to put forth justice in the face of tyranny. You've got to be kidding me. Like the man who lives in the, and, and manages the mobile home park. You better have your ducks in a row, because we do. We know what the hell's going on. They don't. These elected people don't have a flipping idea. So there's that. And again, I have more jab-related stuff that I'll bring up later, but I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention that, um, you know, baby steps with the sheriff's department one more time. And then, honestly, I, I don't know what else to do. But if you want Karen Kingston's Sheriff Department document, and it is exquisite. Again, she references Florida state statutes to, uh, toward the end of her, of her written portion right before the reference section. You can, you can, of course, change those. My recommendation is you get on your state codes website, just type in whatever state you live in on a search engine, and then... Uh, you know, federal codes or state federal codes or just state codes, and your state code website will pop up. And then there's usually a keyword section right there on the on the front of the website because they're all generally the same. And I typed in biological weapon. That was that was one of the keywords I used, um, and I, that that may have been it. And sure enough, it it popped right up, and I read the entire thing. And yeah, that's exactly what it says. You're not allowed to distribute a biological weapon, that goes without saying, anywhere, anywhere. And of course, the largest problem here is the following. These people distributing this don't know it's a biological weapon. Like I said in my old Substack from two years ago, it's the perfect crime. If you can get 
the distributor, the deliverer, the recipient, um, the entire judicial system and law enforcement agencies to take these shots or offer them up as an option to them, why in the hell would any of them prosecute anybody for the thing that they themselves have done if they don't know that the thing that they've done is going to be the cause of their illness and death. Again, it's the perfect crime regarding that. But God's got another plan. He's got the plan, and he knows what's going on here. And we have to stand up against these sheriff's departments and bring this documentation to them. So, again, one more time, it's on my website, AmericanEducationFM.com. Scroll down to where it says Government Documents. It's the very first one that's there. Just click that little white tab, and then uh, it'll download the PDF for you. And again, take out the Florida codes that are in the last couple of paragraphs there in, in her written section. Make sure you plug in your, your specific county name, your sheriff's name, deputy, so on and so forth, and then just replace the state codes with your own codes about biological weapons. Because they're breaking the law. They're committing felonies. They're committing murder. I mean, let's cut to the chase. They may not know it's murder, but that doesn't matter. It's still murder. And it still is occurring on a day-in and day-out basis. So there you go. All right. Very quickly regarding the Ohio Issue 1 special election that took place this past Tuesday. I got that wrong, but we also knew that there was going to be voter fraud, and there certainly was. A couple of examples, there were voting machines that did not work. The old stick your ballot in the bag and don't worry, we'll count it later. That happened all over the place. It certainly happened in the left-wing counties that exist in Ohio, and there are not many of them. I want to say maybe four or five. The rest of Ohio is, is bleeding heart red. Um, let's see what else. There were individuals openly testifying that, that I've heard from first and secondhand accounts that there were individuals who were being told that the voting had stopped when it hadn't and that they had already called the race before the time was up for people who were allowed to still vote. Because I think the voting went until like eight, 8 o'clock at night, somewhere around there. But they had already called it by 8 at night. I mean, I even saw it. It was, again, remarkable. They just, they just called it and said, well, it failed. The no vote ended up winning, and that's it. Now, again, why did they want the no vote? Because they have an abortion bill that's on the docket ready to, ready to show up that's likely to pass because they only need 50 plus one in order to pass it. Again, these people are disgusting. So anybody celebrating the no vote, these are your pedophiles. Anybody celebrating the no vote that ended up passing, these are the people who love child murder. Just keep that in mind. Again, know your friends. <laughs> know your surroundings. Know, know the guilt by association. These people out themselves in the blink of an eye. They're immor- I mean, they wear their immorality on their t-shirts. It's disgusting. So I wanted to bring that to your attention also. Uh, let's see. Naturalnews.com, I just randomly picked this one, thought it mattered. It certainly does. Before I get into some education stuff and then more jab-related things here. Uh, this was titled, Tap Water Across American Southwest Found to be Heavily Contaminated with Cancer Causing Arsenic. Yeah. 
It says the Environmental Working Group, or EWG, has found that tap water in at least 31 states is contaminated with arsenic at levels above the legal limit. While much attention of late has been focused on PFAS forever chemicals in the water supply, it cannot be overlooked that arsenic, a metal naturally found in the Earth's crust, is, almost, is also problematic. Particularly in the American Southwest, arsenic-contaminated water is a serious issue that is only being made worse by pesticide use on crops and the industrial processes like cement manufacturing, both of which leave behind toxic residues in groundwater used for drinking. Prolonged exposure to arsenic is linked to damaged DNA, which in turn can lead to cancer. Arsenic is also linked to immune system dysregulation, high blood pressure, and heart disease. Uh, researchers at Florida International University in Miami warn that arsenic contamination is not getting nearly enough attention as PFAS, despite it posing a similar health risk. Quote, since many countries are still affected by high levels of arsenic, we believe arsenic exposure is a global public health issue that requires urgent action, FIU scientists say. It says people who live in areas with naturally high levels of arsenic in the soil and water are at particular risk. In the U.S., for example, that includes regions in the southwest, such as Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. It goes on and on. It says bottled water is also con often contaminated with arsenic. Uh, what else? American Cancer Society speaks there, and there you go. So, not good. I'm not sure I have a solution to that necessarily. Filtration devices, if possible. But I'm not sure I have a real easy answer on that. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. And I, it's a tough one to move on from, clearly, because, well, water, we need it. But, uh, you know, if you can set up devices in your yard that allow for condensation, and I would certainly point you again to, to that particular topic, either on YouTube or I know the Dangerous Info podcast has brought it up with regularity as well. Jesse James has mentioned it. Certainly bring that to his attention. Um, one, of the, one of the tricks he told me was, is you can take any container you want, like a, a PVC bucket, like a painter's bucket, for example, and just put plastic wrap or even a, uh, a plastic cover over top of it, like plexiglass, and then have it in the sunshine. And condensation will will leak right into the bucket. You want to boil that probably, and then there's your there's your clean drinking water via condensation. But I don't know. This is going to get interesting going forward regarding the water situation. No doubt about it. Uh, let's see education related things. Here we go. This comes from Greg Phillips, and he's responding to a One America News Network article here that is titled White House Launches Cybersecurity Initiative for K-12 Schools. He responded and he said, quote, idiots can start by getting China through Connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-H, out of schools. So the One America News article, and again, you know, I've been over this at great length and even Vanessa Hurst and all of the episodes that she was on, all nine of them back in the day, a couple of years ago, or even perhaps just a year ago, uh, you know, we, we went through this. All of the technology that gets used in schools is a tracking device. All of it is being used 
to data mine what a student is looking at and doing so that they can hit the student with ads and um, all kinds of other methods, basically, of infiltrating the student's mind as to what they think the student wants to see, read, and listen to. And it goes, of course, straight to their cell phone devices because they bring their cell phones directly within these school environments. So it shouldn't necessarily shock anybody, but I don't know how Joe Biden himself plans on doing any of this and if he's actually doing anything. It says, again, White House launches cybersecurity initiative for K-12 schools. It says the Biden administration rolled out a new array of cyber initiatives on Tuesday to bolster defenses against ransomware attacks on K-12 public schools across the nation. Now, again, is this your internet shutdown? Are they planning on doing something like that within an American K-12 school? It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. Here's um, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, this, this lying piece of, uh, piece of trash. He, of course, can't fix the border, but don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's going to fix cybersecurity in American schools. And he's going to be working, of course, with uh, the education secretary because, you know, two dumb heads are better than none. He said, today I joined at FLOTUS and at Secretary Cardona at the White House to announce new actions and commitments to bolster cybersecurity and provide communities and school systems with the support and resources necessary to protect themselves, their infrastructure, and their students. Sounds like child trafficking to me, doesn't it? Sounds like we need to keep tabs on all the illegals that are making their way into these schools, and maybe that's what they're doing. And maybe they're doing it for the purpose of, oh, I don't know, trafficking them. It says the White House said that the 2022-23 academic year saw eight significant cyber attacks, four of which forced schools to cancel classes or close altogether. Sensitive personal information, including student grades, medical records, home issues, and financial and behavioral information were stolen and made public, as well as sensitive information about school security systems. One quick thing here. You heard me mention this a long time ago when it came to those cybersecurity school shutdowns and how a couple of the schools just flat out ceased to exist. One of them was a college, if memory serves. I don't buy that for a minute. I don't think that a cybersecurity problem at, a, at, at this particular college, and it was in Georgia, again, if memory serves, my apologies if I'm getting it wrong, but I, I don't buy that for a second. I think you had jabbed and dying staff members and students, and they used the cybersecurity excuse as an excuse to basically close their doors because, well, they couldn't keep them open. So, again, I think there's multiple angles to this. I don't just think it's what we shouldn't just take this at face value, is what I'm saying. Um, let's see. It goes on. According to the 2022 report from the U.S. Government Accountability Service, well, you know, they're telling the truth. It says the loss of learning stemming from a cyber attack ranges from three days to three weeks, with the recovery time anywhere between two to nine months. Well, if that's true, what'd y'all do during the fake pandemic? All that lost learning, you're talking about years and years and years. Ridiculous. Anyway, I think there's more I, I think there's way more to that than what we're being told. And uh yeah, just wanted to bring that to your attention. I also wanted to read through this. This is entertaining and horrific at the exact same time, but it's a nice little rundown and a nice little summary of a few things that I've brought up here, and this was an email that was sent my way by a family member, and it says the following, 
Quote, is it any wonder why college grads are so far left? It says this, quote, Anthony Fauci may be retiring, but he'll now become a distinguished professor, quote unquote, at Georgetown Medical School, making him the latest in a long line of failed and fired left-wingers who go on to teach at woke universities. Lori Lightfoot, otherwise known as Beetlejuice, the disgraced one-term racist mayor of Chicago, will teach a course at Harvard School of Public Health titled, quote, Health Policy and Leadership, unquote, and Chesa Boudin, the either real or adopted son of Bill Ayers, by the way, the recalled Soros-backed uh, San Francisco DA, was recently named the founding executive director of UC Berkeley's new Criminal Law and Justice Center. Brian Stelter, the fired CNN talking head, joined the Shorenstein Center on Media Politics and Public Policy at Harvard's Kennedy School. Hillary Clinton, who never became president but destroyed Libya and enabled her predator husband for decades. Well, she's a predator too, but I digress. It continues and says, got a teaching gig at Columbia University as global affairs professor. Peter Strzok, the disgraced and fired FBI agent who also known as Lisa Page's lover, who had an insurance policy to take down Trump, is an adjunct professor at Georgetown University's Walsh School of Foreign Services. James Comey, who helped frame President Trump and makes a living virtue signaling on MSNBC, taught a course on ethical leadership at William & Mary. Sally Yates, who was fired for insubordination at the DOJ and for being a partisan hack, got a lecturer gig at Georgetown University. Beto O'Rourke. Why not? Why not him? It says, who is really good at wasting donor money on failed political campaigns, got a job teaching Texas politics for the Department of Political Science at Texas State in 2020, and now he's teaching college students about democracy, quote-unquote, at the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics. Disgusting. Stacey Abrams, also disgusting. Failed two-time candidate for Georgia governor and author of Adult Erotica teaches about race and politics at HBCU Howard University. Andrew Gillum, yes, that's right, face down in a pile of his own sick with male prostitute, uh, the failed Florida gubernatorial candidate who was found uh, inebriated and naked in a local hotel with another man who was overdosing on drugs, received a teaching fellowship at Harvard's Kennedy Center in 2019. Mayor Bill de Blasio, perhaps the worst mayor in New York City history, became a visiting fellow at Harvard's Kennedy School in 2022, and this is not a comprehensive list. Universities have become a golden parachute for the most wretched and miserable elites, quote-unquote, our society produces, unquote. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't fix the environment. You just can't, and you can't fix the people that they hire who are entering these environments. It's a lost cause. They are going to destroy themselves because they know nothing else. This is all they know. This is what they do. And yeah, I say walk away and let it just crumble to the ground. 
All right, jab-related things. Let me start off with Karen Kingston and let me play a little bit of audio from her. Again, she is kind with these people that she is outing, but she is outing them, and it matters. These people, are again, are not my friends. I do not like Robert Malone. I do not like Mickey Willis. I don't like these people. If you find yourself on a red carpet patting yourself on the back with the likes of Simone Gold, you are the enemy. And you've heard me say again, pay attention to guilt by association. I'm shocked that Lee Merritt decided to go to Washington, D.C. and stand behind Simone Gold. I'm shocked. I've heard her criticize Simone Gold. I've heard her criticize Robert Malone. And then there she was, standing behind all of these people. It's disgusting. These people disgust me. They are the gatekeepers. These are the people, again, that are trying to keep people from speaking out about the truth about what is going on. There are no viruses, there are just weapons. Every vaccine is a weapon. Every vaccine harms people, damages their DNA, passes the blood-brain barrier. I've been over it time and time again. I'll keep going over it, I'll keep bringing it up. They don't belong in the human body. I don't care what vaccination it is. Doesn't matter. These COVID shots are a biological weapon. So, here's some audio from Karen Kingston, her describing it. Please pray for this woman. She is a patriot beyond patriotism. She's been out at the forefront of this. Again, legal analyst has described the definitions of what these really are, who has said what, and that's busy work. And she's worked her ass off, and she's saving people's lives. And now, of course, they've been coming after her for quite some time. And, unfortunately, they got to her, but she's still speaking out because she knows that there's a higher power. There's only the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and nothing else. So here's Karen Kingston in three, two, one. Hi, everyone. It's me, Karen Kingston. Uh, I know I look terrible, uh, and I apologize for any distress I've caused anyone over the last couple weeks. Um, I talked Ernest Luke, L-U-Q-E, uh, was a security firm I hired. That's, that's the owner's name, Ernest Luke. Uh, he used to work for the FBI, and he told me he worked um, for Obama and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State um, at the Pentagon. Um, and uh, he told me my life is in, in danger. I have been uh, poisoned multiple times, um, stuff in water bottles or water. Um, and um, when I was staying with my mother with security, I got a message from a friend from Florida saying I wasn't safe there either. Um, and I believe that was that was true. Um, so why am I um, on the hit list? Well, when I when I spoke with um, Ernest Luke, he had told me that I, I am on a list. Um, that my messaging is wrong, specifically, you know, I'm activating um, sheriffs, which they're allowed to do, and um, my messaging around certain um, This was confirmed in Florida saying, um, you know, that some of my information could be damaging to, like, children's health events. I don't even know how that is. Um, but, so, why am I in this situation? Um, there is a massive uh, plan, as you guys know, right, um, just basically to um, track and trace everybody. So if you notice in America, at least in California and Florida, there's lights everywhere. Um, 
they're, they're also being injected with lipid nanoparticle technology. Um, those are tracking devices um, and their weapons. And so what I did in Florida caught the attention of a number of people, apparently, according to Ernest, it caught the attention of former President Obama and uh, Secretary of State Clinton. Uh, and the reason why there's a target on my back is because I have a demand letter up on my substack um, for sheriffs to seize the weapons. It's very easy to do. Um, I mean, if you have victims and people were harmed by the injections, those weapons can be seized. We just need one brave sheriff or chief deputy uh, to, to do the order, and, and then the house of cards um, will, will fall apart. So that, that's one of the reasons. But then Ernest also told me it was my, my messaging um, around specific individuals, and I have a feeling it was around Dr. Robert Malone. Now, I've never spoke to Dr. Robert Malone. Um, I've been critical of him when he said that the FDA approval for Pfizer didn't happen on August 24th, 2021. He went on Steve Bannon and said it, it was for a company called BioNTech, not Pfizer. And they're obviously business partners. It's like a marriage. Um, so Pfizer also broke their immunity shield. If you read the DOD contract, they forfeited their immunity under EUA. That's not my opinion. That's also what the federal judge in the Brooke Jackson case ruled, which is why he ruled on the case. He wasn't supposed to rule on it at all. Um, he did not punt it. Um, so Pfizer's completely liable. Uh, we can go after them with criminal and civil charges. But more importantly, we need to get these injections out of the community before they um, cause disease, disabilities, and death among more children. Um, also, I was critical of Dr. Carmel Malone because on you know, Glenn Beck, he confessed that mRNA injections are the gateway into transhumanism. So what is transhumanism? Um, Dr. Robert Malone explained it by making um, biological changes to the human body and also integrating it with the digital realm. So the biological changes um, are non-human DNA. And you can read Dr. Robert Malone's patent from 1996, which is expression of exogenous DNA in mammal cells. So in that patent, he was experimenting with his cationic liposome, which is a technology um, to express reptilian DNA, to express insect DNA uh, in human cells. And specifically, it says in patients. So even in the human body and human beings. Um, and, you know, my other concerns is that, you know, Dr. Robert Malone consistently says Pfizer's not liable, right? He started August 24th, you know, on Steve Bannon. Uh, he said after watching the... Um, the video from Project Veritas with Jordan Walker at the end, he said, well, it's obvious that Pfizer's above all uh, international laws for biowarfare. Yeah, and he mentioned some Israel treaty, but that's not true. Um, and, and so I think that was a major part of it. And I, and I keep in mind, um, this, this is all open information. When Dr. Arm Malone was interviewed by Joe Rogan, he, he admitted, he's like, yeah, I have friends at the NIH. I've got Anthony Fauci's cell phone. I have friends at the three-letter agencies, the CIA, CIA the FBI, the Pentagon. Um, I was in charge of vaccine development and billions of dollars with BARDA. You know, he's also worked with DARPA, um, you know, basically to... to create these nanotechnologies is what they are that mimic our biology right and he's very open about this and he also says yeah he works with the cia and the fbi and you know he said on january 4th michael callahan a guy at the cia i guess gave him a call so my concern is um some of his messaging is saying it's like well yeah this is terrible we shouldn't inject children uh, we shouldn't inject adults and now it should be pulled but there's nothing you can do um, and that is fifth generation warfare, right? It is, it is disempowering your enemy to say, and it's called mockery of the victim. So you tell them the crimes that are being committed, committed, and then you say there's nothing you can do, and that's simply false. And I would recommend everyone, please, 
download that letter I wrote to the sheriffs um, and also the um, there's a letter to the sheriffs and then there's one that's called the weapon the intelligent and brave have been waiting for. I'm going to stop it there. Again, I recommend that you certainly download that from my website. That's where you can access it if for some reason they get rid of her substack. I have that that sheriff's document on my website. Um, it's a 39-minute conversation she has and a message that she has for everybody. It's absolutely heartbreaking, but it exposes so much more of what's going on here. And she's 100% right regarding the fifth-generation warfare. These individuals that are coming out in front of people and saying, we're the people you have to listen to and look at all of us. And we're going to these parties and these speaking tours and these private dinners and X, Y, Z. We're the people you need to listen to. Don't listen to anybody else. Just listen to us. In fact, they don't even have to say, don't listen to other people. All they have to do is just work hard to be more visible than anybody else. And then the dummies will just drink it all in. They're trying to keep people on the same wavelength of thought, which is their wavelength of thought. That's a problem. Again, these are biological weapons. Malone was involved. There are no such thing as viruses. There is only poison. This, th these are facts. It is that simple. Have they aerosolized this? There's proof that they have. Dropping them out of chem chemtrails, poisoning particular things, whatever it may be. Let me read you this now. I sent the video to AJ Gochik, and he got back to me because he has some people in, on the inside as well, or people that used to be on the inside, and he said the following. He said, thanks, Sean. Message from a friend after I forwarded the summary of the Kingston video, who is not affiliated with Children's Health Defense anymore, but has a close friend who still works with or for CHD. The person said, quote, holy tamale. I was with Malone last night and the night before at a private dinner. He addressed the controlled opposition thing. He brought it up and talked about it straight on. He has me believing that he is not controlled opposition. He also said that Bobby, RFK Jr., said that, quote, if Malone is controlled opposition, I'd like 10 more, please, unquote. Or then he said shit, unquote. I responded and I said, Karen Kingston isn't a liar. I said, when she stated what she did about Mickey Willis, it made complete sense. Again, I was paraphrasing and said, you know, when Mickey Willis tells her in the interview or she says that Mickey told her to back off and you can play with us because we want you to play with us and we want you to be on our side. But if you don't back off, then we can't associate with you. I told him Mickey Willis is a piece of shit. And, uh, and yeah, and so are the rest that are associating with the likes of Malone and Dr. Gold and Mickey Willis and any of those people. He, uh, he got back to me and he said, quote, It's weird that Malone felt the need to explain why he is not controlled opposition. That's more evidence that he is, not that we need any more at this point. Unquote. Again, you've heard me criticize Malone from dating back until the very day, even the evening and day after I gave that school board speech where I referenced his name. In fact, it was a week later that he showed up on Tucker Carlson's show for maybe the first time. So he was sort of thrust into the limelight a little more than maybe he already was. But you can't work for these three-letter agencies like the Department of Defense and play with poisons for a living and expect the knowledgeable to actually like you. He is a part of the problem. Period.
He's a part of the problem. Anybody, again, he's suing copious amounts of people for telling the truth. You know, you're slandering me. You're libeling me. I, I'm not a part of the problem. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Uh, you know, again, suing Dr. Jane Ruby for $200 million or something, suing the Stu Peters Network and countless others for telling the truth. Um, come on. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's not a microphone out there that he won't find. There's not a speaking engagement out there he won't find. This is all suspicious. And he's in on it, period. Because why? The government's in on it. Karen Kingston knows that. We know that. That's the way that it is. So there you go. Just wanted to bring all that to your attention. And again, I recommend downloading that sheriff that, that sheriff letter, email it to him, leave a message, and then go talk to him personally. Because that's what I'm doing. And uh, there you go. Okay. There was this too. This was, again, a, a peer-reviewed article. Peer-reviewed, not that it means anything. In uh, the Journal of Immuno Horizons. This was back on May 9th of this year, and it was titled Evidence for Aerosol Transfer of SARS-CoV-2 Specific Humoral Immunity. Here's the abstract. It says infectious particles can be shared through aerosols and droplets formed as the result of normal respiration. I don't know about that. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't think that that's true. I think that they have other ways of moving this kind of poison from person to person. We know proximity is certainly a part of it. Um, we know breast milk. We know fluid exchange, things of that nature. But anyway, can it be aerosoled and dumped on us from chemtrails? I have no doubt about that. It says whether ABS within the nasal oral fluids can similarly be shared between hosts has not been investigated. The circumstances of the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, there wasn't one, facilitated a unique opportunity to fully examine this proactive idea. The data we show from human nasal swabs provides evidence for the aerosol transfer of ABS between immune and non-immune hosts. Now, with all of that said, we know the real history of fake virology. The real history is, is that you can't make people sick by coughing and sneezing on them. That's not how it works. That's been proven time and time again, which then begs the question, knowing that government knows that, what would keep government from creating a biological weapon that could be aerosolized from person to person? We know that this is already happening, again, regarding electromagnetic frequency, that that's how people are getting sick. That's a fact. We, we know this is happening. We know that people who are not jabbed have been shed on and died. We know that that's happened too. We know that they can crank up a 5G tower in a town and people can just drop over. That's a real thing too. So there's a lot of angles here, but again, if it comes from the government, I don't trust it. And if the government talks about playing with poisons, well, that should tell you about all you need to know about them. Uh, let's see, a few more things here. This was from the expose. It was titled, Nurse Diagnosed with Transverse Myelitis After COVID Vaccine Sues Former Employer. So an Ohio nurse, it says, uh, permanently injured by the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine after her employer threatened her with the loss of health benefits 
if she refused to be vaccinated is suing her former employer and Ohio's Bureau of Workers' Compensation alleging her vaccine injuries were work-related. These most certainly were work-related. It says the following article uh, can be shared and published here for the awareness of the story and the one nurse in Ohio reported by a senior reporter at The Defender, a Michael, I'm not going to get that last name, all views expressed here from the reporter and those mentioned in the article. And they basically, again, said, are we going to see more of this? They talk about coercion, what the doctors said, what the workers did, what the worker compensation did. It's a very lengthy article, as you would expect. Um, And there you go. It says, you don't need a lawyer to file a claim. It continues and continues. Very lengthy, but uh, that's on the expose's website if you're interested in checking that out further. Then there's this. Even Yahoo News put this out the gall of these people. It's absolutely incredible. And this is via The Hill. So The Hill actually put this out. It was titled, COVID Hospitalizations Jump Again. Map shows where it's the worst. And the map shows that Florida is the worst. Northern California, Northwest Nevada, looks like most of Oregon. And, um, Certainly the coastal, uh, the coastal areas, plenty of South Carolina, but almost all of Florida is what is considered here as the reoccurring cases. Hang on, let me blow this up real quick. Florida is a moderate increase and uh, a substantial increase in the percentage of new hospital admissions of COVID-19 from the prior week. It's not COVID-19, it's the jabbed. It's the jabbed. And as even somebody reached out to me and said, it's the vacationers in Florida who are jabbed also. The old snowbirds traveling down there and then, of course, leaving and then coming back, they're jabbed. There is no COVID-19. There is only the jabbed poison. There's also this, again, just a few headlines here. I subscribe to Dr. William Mackis, MD's uh, Substack page, not the paid subscription, just the free stuff. But I wanted to read a couple of these here. He's got one from August 8th, August 9th. He seems to write almost daily on his Substack. Um, But this one is actually from August 7th. In fact, I think I mentioned this previous story uh, in the last episode. The New York doctor, the New York female doctor who uh, killed herself, but before she killed herself, she killed her young child. Prion disease. No doubt about it. Again, she she admitted she was fully jabbed. She stated that she was on social media and then uh, took her son's life and then her own life. So... How often has that happened among the jabbed? Again, is it prion disease or did she figure out what she actually had done to herself and her child and came to grips with it and then decided to do this, which is an abomination? But 40 years old, a Dr. Crystal Cassetta, if I'm saying that right, shot her four-month-old baby and then turned the gun on herself. There was another one here on August 7th. COVID-19 mRNA vaccine shedding. Recent research, Pfizer admits it's happening. What kind of vaccine shedding are going on? And then it says, how long or how do you protect yourself? And he gets into that a little bit in a later, in a later article where he talks about the combination of 
bromelain and uh, NAC and curcumin and taking that as well. Here's another one titled uh, New COVID-19 Variants, Propaganda is Ramping Up and the COVID-Con is Back On. New Variants, EG51 or EG.5.1 or ERIS, as it's being discussed, is, is the heiress, of course, is the demonic goddess of chaos and discord. And then FLIP Variant, Most Mutated Indonesia Variant, my take. So, so he says. Again. <clears throat> I'm not, excuse me, I'm not one to buy into the variant stuff. I'm really not. You have different people in different geographic locations and different demographics of different bloodlines experiencing different symptoms. That, of course, is AIDS. Syndromes. That's what the S in AIDS is. So if I had to take an educated guess, in the you know from the old scientific method i would say that that's the reason you're seeing different variants you're also but again they're not real variants they're just det- different deteriorating immune systems in different people of different bloodlines in different geographic areas those are going to vary not to mention how how many shots have these people taken yeah, there's going to be a variant in what is going on in their immune system from somebody who's maybe taken one shot. He also has this headline from another story that he put out on August 9th. It was titled, Families that inject mRNA together develop turbo cancer together? Question mark. 12 unbelievable stories of two or three family members developing aggressive cancer at the same time. Again, before the paid subscription part, he said, On May 27th of this year, I wrote a Substack article about multiple COVID-19 vaccinated family members who died suddenly. Now I'm starting to see multiple COVID-19 vaccinated family members develop turbo cancer, often stage four, and their stories are shocking and difficult to believe. I have audio from this story. Um, Again, the assumption here is that both of these parents of these little children are both jabbed. And uh, now they both have cancer. So here's that story in three, two, one. OC Cares is sponsored by UCI Health. A family in Orange County is in the fight of their lives as both parents battle cancer. But they're not fighting alone. The community is coming together to rally around the couple and their three children, hopeful they can beat the odds. Mark Cotarobles has today's OC Cares report. It would be one thing if one parent was diagnosed with cancer. Imagine both facing their own battle and recoveries at the same time. It's happening to Zach and Corey Salazar, parents to three young girls. My oldest one, she's pretty smart, and she's she's picking up, you know, something's going on. Corey is recovering from an aggressive form of thyroid cancer. It required two surgeries, the most recent just last month. Then, Zach. Now recovering from emergency brain surgery, the large tumor found following a routine eye appointment. The surgery went extremely well, uh, but I still do have a, um, a fight with cancer ahead of me. It was after this interview we learned that fight is against stage four glioblastoma. Zach has been given 12 to 18 months to live. I can't promise I'll have... 100% good days, 
but I understand the reality. I'm joy. <laughs> we were there as Zach received an outpouring of support from his South Orange County community. This lemonade stand helping to raise spirits and funds. There's an additional reason complete strangers were showing up. Are you ready for your Rangers Act fun fact? Yeah! Well, here it is. During the pandemic shutdown, Zach and Corey created an online show for kids to learn all about wildlife. For nearly 13 years, he's been an actual OC Parks Ranger. We wrote, shot, edited, and released an episode faithfully for half a year. I think we made 26 weeks, just the two of us. Contributing to his community when families really needed the educational outlet. Now he and Corey are the ones needing that support. Though her focus is on him. He's just... He's a great guy, and um, the world and my children deserve for him to be around, you know. Zach preparing for six weeks of radiation and chemotherapy. Welcome back to the Ranger Station. As for the show, it's given him and his fans so much, and that is forever. Watching kids come alive in nature fills my heart with so much joy. I can't describe that feeling. Mark Cutterobles, ABC 7 Eyewitness News. An Orange County, California park ranger. So what did they make the Orange County park rangers or state employees take in 2021? Yeah. Jabs. To work for the state at these parks, you had no choice other than, of course, to walk away. You could have tried a medical exemption, you could have tried a religious exemption, but you wouldn't even try that if you didn't even know it existed. And in order to try that, you, of course, would have to know what these shots were intended to do. Again, it's beyond heartbreaking. The, the odds of both of, of all three of their children, or however many they have, uh, growing up without their parents because, again, they're jabbed and now they're dying from the jabs is very likely. This is happening all over the United States. And what are sheriffs doing? Sitting on their hands. They're sitting on their hands. They, they can't make this connection. They don't know what this is. They don't know what's going on. Or they do, and they've been threatened. Or they do know what's going on and they just say, well, you know, it's a personal choice and it's a debate and it's a political debate and, well, that, that can be debated and we're not here for debates. No. Sheriff's departments are there to investigate crimes. And if you're told there's a biological weapon being distributed in your county, which there is in every county, then you're a part of it because if you're not investigating it, you're covering it up. It's that simple. But. I don't know. Somebody needs to get this guy some fenbendazole and uh, some ivermectin because radiation ain't going to fix him. It's just going to exacerbate the problem and make it way worse. Here's the last one from Dr. Mackis. Uh, it is titled COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine Injury Treatment Bromelain breaks down, mu- breaks down spike protein, especially when combined with NAC or curcumin. 
Also has anticoagulant, anti-inflammatory, and anti-cancer properties. I'm in possession of bromelain. I've used it before for digestion. Uh, it, it works. There's no doubt about it. Back when my old diverticulitis was flaming up, uh, it worked. It certainly helped. And the ivermectin helped as well. In fact, it squashed it, made it go away, which is great. Um, they have, he also, of course, says that he's written about natokinase, Q-certain, um, olive leaf, black seed oil, and fasting, three-day fasting. Intermittent fasting, by the way. I highly recommend that. I do that too. Some days I'll go um, you know, just eating once a day, which is great. And then other days I've even gone without eating at all. Uh, you get a little crazy, but, uh, you know, <laughs> other than that, um, intermittent fasting is fantastic for weight loss and blood cell regulation and all of that. So I recommend that as well. But again, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's happening everywhere. I've got two particular stories here from greatawakening.win, and then I'm going to wrap this up. Um, one quick comment about greatawakening.win. I'm back on. I got another account. I've had like five of them over the years. I'm back on, and I was actually allowed to post. Here was the problem, and couldn't believe it happened. I posted the Karen Kingston article, and uh, it only got a couple of upvotes, and then that was a, that was it. This is normally something that would have shot right to the top of their board and would have even been stickied at the top of their board so that everybody can see it. The Karen Kingston story and her talking about being poisoned wasn't even stickied on their board. So I want to bring this to people's attention, and I'm sure you know that on a lot of these so-called truther boards or you know anonymous boards where people are bringing uh, very intense information, the moderators of these boards will shadow ban particular stories. Uh, again, there were even people in the comments section of my post saying, why is this not sticky? This needs to be at the very top. And it does need to be at the very top, and oddly enough, it, it wasn't. But with that aside, I'm back on there, and I'm going to play around with the moderators and play around with the board a little bit to see whether or not they they keep uh, shadow banning information or, you know, maybe they just delete my account because um, they've done it before. So either way, here's a couple of uh, jab-related things here very quickly. The first one was titled, The Ignorance Prevails. Family member sick with COVID but thinks ivermectin is more dangerous than the vax. Friend with cancer? Question mark. Same. It says, quote, my 32-year-old niece has cystic fibrosis. Vaxed four times via her cystic fibrosis clinic. Vaxed four times with cystic fibrosis. She has COVID twice this summer. No, she doesn't. She has AIDS. Anyway, uh, her second bout started yesterday. She won't take ivermectin, a proven drug with a 60-year safety profile. The disconnect has made me so angry and so stupefied. I have no words. They said, so, you'd rush out for an unstudied, unproven vaccine to buy a weapon. But a little $5 drug taken by millions every day is too dangerous. It just blows my mind. It says you went from all-in, quote-unquote, to danger to risk. Too dangerous to risk adverse about ivermectin, and it just defies any kind of logic. My daughter's friend, 33 years old and three times vax, was diagnosed with metastasized turbo uh, cervical cancer 
but she won't try fenbendazole because it's just too radical. How is it more radical than your untested dangerous vaccine? My daughter, three times vaxxed, can't get pregnant, but she'd rather sit in her ignorance than do a vaccine detox protocol compromised of mostly supplements, or comprised rather, of mostly supplements and vitamins. Well, if she's three times jabbed, she's, she's not going to be able to get pregnant. And if she does, the kid's going to be in trouble. Um, it continues, same post. It says, just so, beyond, just so beyond my understanding. It makes absolutely no sense, none at all. I have no other choice other than, other than to believe the people in my life have no brains left. And I fear one day I will be mourning them all. God help us truly. Make this next year the return of the brain, unquote. Uh, even if it is the return of the brain, it's not going to be any reversal necessarily of what they've done. There are protocols out there to maybe mitigate some problems, but if you keep taking these shots, it's, it's game over. And it's not a game. Here's the last post. It says, prayers needed, please, vax-boosted daughter, close to birth, and health issue discovered. It says, quote, there has been a blood clot discovered in the umbilical cord. We are all concerned, but the doctors will be monitoring until next week when she's 34 weeks and a C-section can be performed. As I was delving into instances of pregnancy and vaxxed-slash-boosted mothers before this even happened, and now I'm thinking that it's probably the number one issue coming up in the poison vax in pregnancy. Please pray she and my granddaughter have a safe birth. This is the second daughter that had vax pregnancy issues. My other daughter got the vax while pregnant due to job mandate. I hesitated to post this, but I know the power of prayer. And there are many prayer warriors out there. Thank you. Unquote. Yeah, I'll pray for him, as I hope others will. But again, a blood clot in the umbilical cord is going to be the least of that child's problems going forward. So, again, you heard me say in the last episode, this is the spectrum of awareness. They do not know what they've done, and they don't know the varying degrees and timelines for which endless things can happen to them. Uh, this is this is beyond their comprehension. I don't know how else to wrap up, but that's a fact. And it's just a fact that continues to occur. So, there you go. Lots of, lots of info there, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Again, homework. Download that Sheriff's uh, Department letter from Karen Kingston. It's on her substack. It's linked in like the first paragraph of one of her previous articles, but again, you can get to it directly through my website, AmericanEducationFM.com, under the Government Documents tab. And with that said, have a great weekend, and I will catch you on Monday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care, and God bless.